you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about supposed prophet Hank Kuhneman making more Trump prophecies, the conspiracy theorists who demonized the Georgia Guidestones coming up with a new explanation that redirects blame. They weren't actually blown up. They were struck by lightning. A Republican candidate for office, Jerome Davison, releasing an ad about the KKK. You just have to hear it. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, Owen. I am a huge, huge fan as a deconverted ex-Mormon. I guess that's a little reductive. But anyway, I was wondering how the governing body chooses new members if somebody dies or if they retire. Do they keep them as a governing body member until they die? How do they uh, lose their status? Um, in the Mormon church, They basically the apostles, those top 12 or 15 dudes choose the new uh, apostles and it's chosen by the prophet supposedly and then sustained by those members and it's really just like an old man's club anyway just wondering how the governing body relates to that or if they do anything similar love you thank you hey sorry i just left that message about the governing body question and my name is morgan from utah again thanks for all you do i really appreciate you yeah, thank you for the phone call. It was a really interesting question. The answer is Jehovah's Witnesses governing body members choose the next ones in line, and they choose the helpers too, basically. The, the belief behind it is when Armageddon comes, the anointed Jehovah's Witnesses, which they're you know scattered throughout the organization, they believe those anointed people are going to be raptured to heaven when Armageddon starts. They're going to be given heaven swords and they're going to go kill all their enemies and all that stuff. So they think that they're kind of setting up the organization to function without them, basically. So they have these governing body helpers who will step in in case they need to, in case one of them dies or is raptured or something like that. The governing body members themselves are all anointed and they choose the next one in line. They just discuss it amongst themselves and pick one, and that's it. It's not really a democracy. There are eight of them, so they all kind of just talk about it amongst themselves. Now, as far as kicking one out, if they do something that is disfellowship-worthy, like if they can be removed because they're not spiritual enough or something, then the governing body members all decide to remove the person. Ray Franz, back in the 80s, I think, or maybe the 90s, early 90s, I don't remember. Anyway, Ray Franz was a governing body member at one point and left the religion completely, not just the governing body. He quit the whole thing and said it was nonsense. What they're doing is wrong. They're evil. They have all these problems. And he wrote this whole book about all of the problems that the governing body and the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses have as a whole. And the book's name is crisis of conscience really interesting read you should get a copy it's on amazon i think anyway when he left that really shook things up and they were really really careful about who they picked after that but yeah uh it's pretty straightforward not really a democracy or anything they just pick the next guy they want and move on it's crazy 
Anyway, thank you so much for the voicemail. I'm glad you found your way out of Mormonism, too. I know a lot of ex-Mormons, so that's good news. Hi, my name is Justin, and I'm a big fan of your channel. I've been a follower for about over a year now. Um, I've got a question, though. Uh, you know, I consider myself a Christian, and in my book, if you're a good person, whether you're a Christian, Muslim, Islam, whatever, Hindu, you go somewhere good in the afterlife. So my thing is, though, of course, these people like Greg Locke and these Trump-supporting Christians, do you think, like, let's say everyone went to heaven but, or whatever afterlife, and we found out, like, oh, God does accept, you know, everyone. Do you think Greg Locke and his followers would try to overthrow, you know, basically heaven or Jesus Christ? If Jesus Christ even were to come back and say, no, love and peace is, that's what we're all about. Do you think they would probably crucify Jesus again? Anyway, thanks, and hopefully I get to see this. And, yeah, I'll contact you in the future, hopefully. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate that. Honestly, I think that they would believe that they had actually gone to hell and the devil was trying to trick them. I think that's probably what would happen. Once they finally came to accept that they were actually in heaven, they would probably bow down and just go absolutely nutty over, you know, Jesus and how great he is and all that stuff. But to be perfectly honest, if the Bible was real and if heaven and hell were real and God was real and all this other stuff was real, there is absolutely no chance that they'd be going to heaven. It doesn't seem to me. They specifically contradict and go against everything that Jesus stood for. Everything. The guy was like a socialist who cared for the poor and cared for everybody and wanted to take care of them and all that stuff. They don't stand for that stuff at all. They explicitly stand against that stuff. I don't know how they've twisted it in their head to make themselves believe they're getting to heaven. It, it's not happening. I don't think it's real, and for that reason, I don't think it's happening, but even if it was, they wouldn't be getting into heaven, in my opinion. It just seems like it to me. Let me know what you think if you disagree. Hey, Owen, this is Jeremy from Utah. I got a lot of Utah colors today find it very amusing when you talk about quote unquote and their failed prediction. I think he said prophets, but for some reason it got it kind of cut out there. I'm not sure why. And their failed predictions. Uh, but my curiosity is if you have or if you have ever seen anyone admit to a prophecy that has not come true or if everyone just doubles down on it. Thanks. Oh, definitely not. No, I've never seen one of the televangelists I talk about or any others admit to giving people a false prophecy or admit to being wrong or any of that. They have no choice but to double down because they know what the verses say. Deuteronomy 18, verses 17 to 22. I have it up here because I was talking about it earlier. I will raise up for him a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words, what the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Just a couple verses down, it says... 
how do you know that somebody is a false prophet? Because what they say doesn't come to pass. So yeah, a lot of false prophets out there spreading false prophecies all over the place. In fact, the past week worth of clips, if you've watched them on my Fireside Chat channel, will prove to you just how many false prophets there are and how many false prophecies they've given. I have at least two examples, at least just in the past week. And I have a thousand videos on this channel. And, and somehow they just completely missed the verse in Deuteronomy about what's supposed to happen when they falsely prophesy something. Anyways, yeah, they would never admit to it because, you know, we wouldn't give them the death penalty today. Of course, it's not a capital crime. You can lie to your congregation all you want. Who cares, right? But they would at the very least have to give up their church. They would have to quit pastoring. They'd have to if they admitted to falsely prophesying. It's too much money for them to do that. Got an email. The title is JW Miners and Treatment. Hey Owen, big fan of your channel for a little over a year. Never miss a new video. My question's a two-parter. When Jehovah's Witnesses have a child who refuses to accept the religion, do Jehovah's Witnesses have a policy for disowning them or giving them up for adoption? They don't have a policy for giving them up for adoption, but they do have a policy about disowning them. So they won't disown them if they don't accept the religion, usually. But if they join the religion, say they get baptized at eight or nine years old, which is not unheard of, it's reasonably common. Say they get baptized at eight or nine, and then they get a girlfriend in middle school or high school and they do some things with that girlfriend they the jehovah's witnesses wouldn't like very much 14 years old 13 12 years old any age doesn't matter even eight years old they are instructed through their literature specifically to not eat with the kid only discuss family matters they should eat in their bedroom not at the dinner table with everybody else there's a big list of different things that you're supposed to do to communicate to your kid, your your 12-year-old, that you don't want to be around them anymore, you don't like their behavior or who they are or anything about them, and they need to stay out of your life. You have to provide for them financially, legally, but that's about the extent of it. So that's the answer to the first question. And my second question is, which part of it is, suppose the non-believing minor slash underage individual has an accident or a disease or something where they need treatment if they're desperate to be helped and don't share Jehovah's Witnesses' belief on resuscitation or transfusions, treatment, transplants, or anything like that, can they receive the treatment? Or if they're under the care of a family of Jehovah's Witnesses, is it the hospital policy to just let them die? It depends. If, it's, if it is a minor, the parent has legal guardianship over them. And if they're not conscious, the parent will make the medical decisions for them. Now, at a certain age, I think a kid can make medical decisions for themselves, whether the parents are there or not, I think. But whether you're a Jehovah's Witness or not, whether you are disfellowshipped or baptized or never joined or whatever, the parents will never, ever give the okay to receive a blood transfusion, period. It, that goes for a parent of a Jehovah's Witness. Say a Jehovah's Witness joins the group later in life, the parent was never baptized, never even involved in the religion, and now they're in a situation where the Jehovah's Witness has guardianship over that person and they're in the hospital dying and unconscious. The Jehovah's Witness will never give the order to receive a blood transfusion. If they do, they could be held what they call blood guilty. 
which is tantamount to murder, basically. Uh, not good. So whether you're a Jehovah's Witness or not, a Jehovah's Witness will never be okay with you receiving a blood transfusion or other medical treatments that Jehovah's Witnesses aren't okay with. This is coming from someone who has a blood disease, and if I were a member of a family of Jehovah's Witnesses, I'd be desperate to have my life saved, and I'll be damned before I would ever let anybody just let me die. Thanks. Stay awesome. I appreciate the email. Interesting question. Yeah, the answer is they would they would let you die, unfortunately. That's just the religion. Uh, I don't like it any more than you do, but that's why I'm out here fighting it to the best of my ability. It is an ugly religion with ugly beliefs, and I feel obligated to expose it as much as I can because, you know, a lot of people have died from this. Entirely too many. Next email is from Fonzie. Title is Hello. Hi, Owen. My name is, my nickname is Fonzie. Let's just say I hate my real name. Anyways, I've been watching your YouTube channels for the best, uh, just for the record, I cut out the real name, but I liked it personally. I liked your real name. I thought it was good. My nickname is Fonzie. Let's just say I hate my real name. Anyways, I've been watching your YouTube channels for the better part of a year and a half. I like how you show people what religion really is about and how extreme they can get. I also like how you're okay with people having their own personal beliefs if they're not jamming it into people's minds and telling them that this is the right way of thinking. Me personally, I'm a guy who is to each their own because personal experiences through life. So I'm basically, if you don't belittle me on my beliefs or make of me, we'll be okay. I wanted to ask you two questions, okay? Number one, do you think that the big companies are price gouging right now for food and gas? because they know they won't get the blame, but instead the president will get the blame for them. Uh, I don't think that that's why they're doing it, but I think they're fully aware that they're not going to take any blame for what's happening right now. Inflation is up, food prices are up, gas is up, everything is up right now in the United States, and honestly worldwide, not just in the U.S. I don't think they're doing it because they know they can avoid blame, but it's a side effect that they're enjoying a great deal. Number two. Do you think there's any way to get a conservative to see the light of change for our future is better than keeping things in the 1950s? I think that there are ways to do it. Specifically, street epistemology has proven very useful on an individual basis to deconvert somebody from a radical position. There's no guarantee you're going to be able to, but street epistemology is... A useful tool in the arsenal, basically. I have these questions because I live in a small town where it's half conservative Christian and where the other small half is druggies, where Trump was, quote unquote, the best president. Yeah, absolutely. I lived in a similar town, so I totally get it. I hope I see this on your channel. Keep up the good work on shedding some light into this weird and crazy world. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sending an email. It was a really interesting set of questions. And uh, yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from with all of this. Earlier, you mentioned... Not really caring if people were religious, as long as they're not cramming it down people's throats. Definitely how I feel. I really don't care if you're religious. Totally good with me. In fact, I want you to watch my channel. I want you to be involved and fight against extremism. I don't feel like it's possible to defeat Christian nationalism or Christian supremacy or extremism without working with Christians to solve the problem. So anyway... Thank you so much for the email. I appreciate it. It was a really interesting question. Next, we're going to talk about supposed prophet Hank Kuhneman making more Trump prophecies. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. 
you're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Let me introduce you guys to Hank Kuhneman. He's a megachurch pastor, and he's famous for prophesying that Donald Trump would win the 2020 election. I was looking for a good clip to show you guys to introduce you to him in case you haven't seen him before. I don't think I've played this on my channel before, not in a long, long time, so let's give it a watch. This came out late April 2021. It's pretty entertaining if I do say so myself, and it'll give you a good idea of the types of things that this guy talks about at his megachurch, the types of things that he stands for. So give this a listen. And so we're being awakened. Wow, this is what socialism looks like. I've been to Russia. I've been to Ukraine. I've been to Siberia. I've been to communist nations. I've been to those in South America, Central America. Okay, Russia is not communist or socialist. It's an oligarchy, right? It was originally communist, if I remember correctly, and then it completely collapsed into an entirely unregulated economy, which, as it turns out, is really, really bad, really ugly. Ukraine is not socialist or communist. What were the other ones he listed? I've been to those in South America, Central America, and I'm telling you, the United States we don't understand what their agenda is, but we're being awakened to it pretty quick. Whose? Whose agenda? Who are we talking about right now? What he's using right now is something called weasel words. Some amorphous they who's out to get him, who has a secret plan and agenda to ruin everyone's life, who lives like him, and they're all powerful, and they know everything, and they can do anything they want. But they're too stupid to prevent anybody from finding out what their plan is. They have to simultaneously be geniuses and control everything and too stupid to be able to do anything with all the power that they have. And there's a lot of people that... Three claps in the background, love it. And there's a lot of people that voted for the Bidenot. The Bidenot, okay. The Bidenites are about to be removed, right? God's going to eliminate the Canaanites, the termites, and the Bidenites. Yeah, so that's Hank Kuhneman, and I feel that's a pretty good example of the types of things that he says and does. He's an odd bird, to say the least. I found that clip particularly interesting because he seems to be grouping Biden supporters into a category the same way that Trump supporters are in a category where in reality, Biden voters are not in a cult that revolves around the person that they voted for. I voted for Biden. I am only invested in the future of the country, making sure that the country succeeds. If Biden isn't the right guy for the job, I won't vote for him. Simple as that. It's not some obsession where I make it my entire personality, where I put Biden's name across my truck, hang my flag out front that says Biden 2024, whatever else. It's not like that. That's the kind of thing you see with Trump supporters. It's a cult. 
You don't see it with Biden supporters. I just want to push back a little bit against the characterization there of the Bidenites or the Bidenots or whatever he called them. Anyway, he released a new clip recently, mid-July 2022, and it was pretty interesting. He's making new prophecies about Trump and the Democrats and whistleblowers and all kinds of stuff. So listen to what he has to say here. It gets a little wild. Spirit of God says, do you know that they speak of whistleblowers? But I've got news for those in the earth. I am the one that has blown the whistle on their agenda. Right now, he's supposed to be speaking God's words through his mouth. He's pretending that he's speaking prophecy. This is the same kind of thing as like books in the Bible. The book of Kuneman, chapter 8, verse 3. That's the level that we're at right now in his mind. He thinks he's writing new books of the Bible. So listen to his new book of the Bible here. Blown the whistle on their agenda. Therefore, watch the accusations that they have brought against the one who they say they beat in an election. I speak of Donald Trump, says the Lord. Ha! Watch what I do. Dude, if God really did want Trump to win the election, then he would have snapped his fingers and made it happen, right? This makes absolutely no sense to me. Isn't he all-powerful? If he wants something, he makes it happen. I don't understand. How are you to the point in your life where you believe that God wanted something and then that thing did not happen? It was like a dice roll. It was like a game of chance. You know, the election could have gone either way at that moment. God could have easily swayed people's hearts if he wanted, or he could have just straight up changed reality to reflect what he wanted it to be, right? He didn't even have to meddle with people's hearts. He didn't have to meddle with people's desires or brain states or anything. He could have snapped his fingers and said, Trump is now the president, and that's all there is to it. But this guy is telling us that God made Trump win the election, but Biden somehow reversed that and usurped God's power and and made it so that Trump actually lost? Like, I don't understand. Is he all-powerful or not? This absolutely blows me away. How did this guy get to this point? I'll tell you how he got to this point, in all seriousness. He made a false prophecy, and the punishment for that is being stoned. So he cannot admit that it's a false prophecy. If he admits that Biden actually did win the election, as he did, Hank Kuneman loses his entire church, loses everybody. They up and leave. They stop donating. This is making him richer. That's why he's talking about this. Richer than it would if he came clean about lying about the prophecy in the first place, at least. That's why he's still talking about this right now. Watch what I do to raise up the sound of those on that day who shall blow their cover and they shall be whistleblowers that shall bring the whole thing down, 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 down. I just don't understand how this guy honestly believes that 
something is going to happen to prove that this big cabal was cheating and blah, blah, blah in this election. When he said he's been saying this for years, like, come on. At some point, you have to admit it's fake, right? You have to admit that you're full of it. When your prophecies don't come true after enough tries, you'd think he would learn better than to make those false prophecies. Does this guy really believe he's talking to God? He can't possibly at this point, right? He has had enough failed prophecies at this point. He can't possibly believe that he's for real. I don't believe in assuming people's intentions. I don't know if he really does believe the things that he says or not. I prefer to make as few assumptions as humanly possible. So my default position with Hank Kuhneman is, I don't know. My default position with all of these guys is I don't know. I think that's the correct position. We don't know what's in their heads. They could really believe this stuff. But just to offer a little friendly and entertaining speculation, I think he knows, personally. I think he knows. Their agenda shall crumble. Their hearings shall backfire. <laughs> and they shall look foolish because God says, can I cause a donkey to speak? Who's going to look foolish? <laughs> I feel it's pretty obvious at this point who looks foolish in this whole situation, sadly. I'm sorry, Hank, but you're not making yourself look any better with... You know, clips like this, honestly. And what was that bit about making a donkey speak? Can I cause a donkey to speak? God says, can I cause a donkey to speak? What, what does that even mean? I don't understand. He's using this language like he's some special person that God's speaking through. Ask the atheist, can I cause a donkey to speak? Is a reference to Numbers chapter 22. Oh, is it? In which Balaam, the, so the soothsayer, went to curse the Israelites, and on the way there, God made his donkey talk to him. Okay. You know what? That makes sense now. I remember that now that you're telling me about it. I totally forgot that that story even existed. Numbers chapter 22. Yeah, thank you for the reference on that. Can I cause a donkey to speak? Watch what I do when I shall have even some who sided with the donkey party. They're going to start talking. Of course, the donkey party being the Democrats, the two parties have animal representations. The elephant is the republicans the donkey is the democrats i'm not sure why he's saying donkey party or the donkey to speak or whatever else it just doesn't really make sense to me but for the record what he's doing here is illegal and according to irs tax code 501c3 he should have his tax exempt status revoked but they don't seem to be prosecuting those cases at this moment unfortunately and they're going to they're going to reveal just what took place not only upon the night of your election and thereafter but God says even on ha, their supposed insurrection of January 6. God's going to reveal the secrets about the supposed insurrection on January 6. What are these alleged secrets, Hank? I am so deeply curious. Trump was screaming about it being Antifa from day one. So I, that's been proven without a shadow of a doubt to be completely false. It wasn't Antifa. It was Trump supporters barging their way into the Capitol and trying to take hostages. That's actually what happened. There is absolutely no doubt about it at this point. But I would love to know what propagandistic route this guy is trying to take right now because God says I'm gonna not only bring global freedom I'm gonna bring freedom to many things 
that they have said were true, but they are lying. He's going to bring global freedom to things that they said are true, but they're lying. I don't understand. But aside from that, please, no more talk. Make it happen. Talk is cheap. Isn't that a saying that people say or used to say or something? Talk is cheap. Let's show me some action. Let's see it. If God's going to bring everybody freedom or whatever, do it. Show me something. I'm waiting. Therefore, watch me shred it, blow their cover, and watch as there be many voices now that shall speak and will expose him. Okay, now he's given us some weird facial expressions. Uh, I don't know what this is about. Anyway, great, you know, great, show us. I'm just waiting for evidence, man, that's all I want. Give me some evidence and I, I'm instantly a believer just like that. You could turn me into an evangelical Christian today if you just provided us some evidence. Well, that's not strictly true. I would never worship a God as depraved and evil and grotesque as the God that evangelicals worship. But I would at least believe that it was true at the very least. I can't promise I'd worship, but I would believe you at the very least. Just show me evidence. It's all I want. And the true insurrectionists will be brought to justice. Okay, some of the insurrectionists have already been brought to justice. They're already being charged with crimes. In fact, there's some insurrectionists have been charged with seditious conspiracy, I believe. Like, full-blown sedition against the U.S. government. That's a pretty big deal. So who are these true insurrectionists we're talking about here? I would love to know. And once again, with the weird facial expressions... It's because he wants you to believe that God's speaking through him right now. Like I said before, this is not his first failed prophecy, so I wouldn't hold my breath on any of this. I wish he would have elaborated on what he expects to happen with the January 6th people. Like, is God going to reveal that it was really Antifa in disguise or something? I just want to know what he believes is going to happen. But anyway, why don't we take a look at another failed prophecy that he made late August 2021. This one is a little... God, I keep wanting to say conspiracy, not prophecy. It's a prophecy. I'm sorry. This is a little prophecy I like to call flop flip. Listen to this one. Late August 2021. But watch, for you have heard the saying flip flop. But I speak to you this day. Flop flip. You say, what do you mean? I speak flop flip because the agenda of hell and those who have agreed and thought that they could steal this land through your election and steal the future from your children, it shall flop. First of all, I find it interesting that God speaks in American idioms. I would have thought that God would have, he would have thrown off all cultural references or barriers or anything so that the maximum number of people could understand what he was saying. But okay, God speaks in American idioms. That's news to me. It's interesting. Now, as far as the actual prophecy goes, which is people trying to steal the election, quote unquote, will flop. It won't succeed. Well, I mean, the election wasn't stolen, first of all. And second, Biden is president. So even assuming that what you're saying is true and what you believe is true, that it was stolen, it didn't flop. 
this sounds like a failed prophecy to me, right? What does the Bible say about false prophecies? It's been a while since I've looked at, at what the Bible had to say about this. Let's look it up. This is Deuteronomy chapter 18, and this is uh, verse 14 under the prophet, the subheading, the prophet. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise for you a prophet like me from among you, from your, fo- from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see his great fire anymore, or we will die. This is establishing that there will be prophets, right? This is verse 17. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. Wow, that's pretty specific. Let me just read that one more time. Verse 20. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. That's on the nose. It doesn't get more specific than that, right? Here's verse 21. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. Here's what this is saying. If they make a prophecy that doesn't come true, it means that they're a false prophet, and the penalty for being a false prophet is to be put to death. That's what that says. Now, personally, I don't believe any of this stuff. I think this is dark, dangerous nonsense, and it shouldn't be followed under, under any circumstances. It sh- certainly shouldn't be used as a moral guide. My God, do not read this and try to derive morality from it. Don't follow its instructions. This is thousands of years old. We are so much more technologically and culturally advanced than they were when this was written. But according to Hank Kuhneman and his belief system, there's a penalty for what he just did. Hank should, at the very least, renounce his position as pastor of this megachurch, quit, and go find some other job to do. He is very obviously a false prophet. He lied to people, claimed he heard the voice of God when he didn't. And instead of giving up being a preacher, he's out here giving us more false prophecies. The hypocrisy is so thick you can almost see it. Keep listening to this, it gets worse. And steal the future from your children, it shall flop. And then, watch what shall arise. Look, I feel pretty confident in saying, by the way, that this guy is not hearing from the voice of God. Specifically in this, right? Because this prophecy was false. This did not come true. So all the weird little mannerisms that he's doing, like right here. It shall flop. All the mannerisms he's doing to give you the impression that he's feeling the touch of God through his body right now. It's just him being nonsensical and cringy. That's what we're watching, really. And then, watch what shall arise. Whistleblowers after whistleblowers. They shall not only see that their agenda has 
flopped, they will begin to flip. And God says there will be a turning of my hand and a turning of their of their mouths. Okay, interesting. I thought he was hearing the voice of God. Kind of weird that he couldn't come up with the right word there, right? If he's not the one coming up with it, you'd think that he would just say it. But that's neither here nor there. So where are the whistleblowers, Hank? Where's all this evidence that you said was going to come forth? Where is it? What happened? We've been waiting. You prophesied from God this stuff is going to happen, and here we sit. This was, I think, August 2021, so we're coming up on a year later now. What happened, buddy? Nowhere to be found. Weird. Once again, I direct you to Deuteronomy 18, verses 17 to 22. And they will speak loudly, and they will turn on one another, and they will expose one another to save what they would think their own future. Watch for the great flip. And the Lord says, when you see this, it will flip in this nation too. Okay, I don't understand what you're getting at there. But obviously this guy is a false prophet, a false preacher. And according to the Bible, he should at the very least, at the very least, give up his preacher position. Turn over the keys to the megachurch to somebody who isn't going to make false prophecies and make a mockery of religion does it get more blasphemous than this honestly if you're a christian you should be offended by this how can you possibly be okay with somebody standing up here making a complete mockery out of the things that you believe like this the strangest thing about this is he put out another clip uh, just a few months later after that flop flip clip he did Early January 2022, he goes on Flashpoint and he defends it even more. Watch this. Jesus approved of God in signs, wonders, and miracles. We need to get our eyes on the Lord. And he is not done with this nation. And I'm telling you, he is pushing back. He is bringing justice. And we are going to see the manifestations of these things with some great changes that are coming. It's not all, all going to be right away, but we're going to see it unravel. And flop flip is going to continue in the land of America. He even used the nickname that he gave to that failed prophecy, Flop Flip. Flop Flip is going to happen in America. When does he give it up? It's been at, at the point that this came out. It was a year after Biden was inaugurated. It was a year and a, a few months after Trump lost the election. At this point, it's been nearly two years, a year and a half, two years since Trump lost the election. When are you giving this up, Hank? Come on. The answer is never, in all seriousness. The answer is never. He's not giving this up. I think this guy's a scam artist. I really do. I don't say that about everybody, but in his specific case, I think he is. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about the conspiracy theorists who demonized the Georgia Guidestones coming up with a new explanation that redirects blame. They weren't actually blown up. They were struck by lightning. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description.
As I'm sure a lot of you guys already know, the Georgia Guidestones were blown up recently. Now, I talked about this last week. You don't have to see the previous video to understand the context here. I'll provide the context if it's missing. But I wanted to talk about it again because we have some conspiracy theorists coming out of the woodwork, coming up with explanations for why they were blown up that direct away from them. When I talked about it last week, I talked about this guy named Stu Peters right here on the left, and I talked about Candace Taylor. Now, Candace Taylor was running to be governor of Georgia, and one of her campaign platforms or campaign positions was, I'm going to demolish the Georgia Guidestones. That was her plan. Stu Peters on the left helped her make that campaign ad. He is a conspiracy theorist in the truest sense. In fact, he's a flat earther. It doesn't get much more conspiracy theorist than that. But he's got a massively popular right-wing show on Rumble, the video competitor to YouTube, basically. Extremely influential on Rumble and podcasts and places like that. Last time I talked about it, I, I showed this picture. Satan always loses. God always wins. This was Stu Peter's announcement that he was going to be talking about the Georgia Guidestones being blown up in a terrorist attack. I really don't know what else to call it. That's what it was. So he was going to talk about it in this show that he was doing, and the show came out. We got some interesting little tidbits from it. Before we talk about it, though, let me just show the clip one more time for the video audience of the Guidestones being blown up. See, is it like 4 a.m. roughly on... July 6th. We have CCTV footage of it. It's pretty clear that it was blown up by a bomb, right? It doesn't get much more clear than that. Afterward, they were demolished for safety purposes. They couldn't stand. Yeah, I mean, I'm not emotionally invested in these things. I don't really care. I feel like some of the advice they gave was questionable at best. But, you know, conspiracy theorists, particularly Alex Jones, latched onto it and insisted that it was part of the cabal expressing their intentions and just all kinds of crazy stuff. It basically listed 10 things that they believed that society should do in the event of like a nuclear holocaust or something. These are the 10 things you should keep in mind while rebuilding society. And some of them were questionable. Like they suggested we should go the eugenic route, breeding people to be diverse and strong. And uh, it was just weird. I'm not invested in these. Like I said, it's just, I don't like to bow to terrorist actions. This is a clip of Stu Peters and Candace Taylor talking about the Guidestones and the political ad that she made demonizing them, basically. I played this on my last one, but I just want to play it again for you guys so that you have that missing context if you need it. Listen to this. This one came out early May 2022, so give it a listen. We're going to absolutely destroy the Georgia Guidestones, demolish them, bulldoze them, and reject their demonic message once and for all. You're the only candidate willing to go head to head with the Luciferian cabal. Only candidate willing to go head to head with the Luciferian cabal. So I take that to mean the Luciferian cabal is the one that erected the Guidestones in the first place. This should give you an idea of how conspiratorial they already are. Before they even talked about the Guidestones, they were nutter butters. You went to these Georgia Guidestones 
with our executive producer, Lauren Witzke, and part of our film division. Lauren Witzke, by the way, is a white supremacist extremist. We talk about her in a little while, and I'll get into her more when we get there. Just keep listening. How did you feel when you were there? It was overwhelming, really. You know, it's kind of surreal, and I was kind of... If you're watching, this is what the Guidestones look like. This is a video footage of what they say on the front. Kind of an awe of how many people showed up there and the people walking up there. They looked like they were walking up there trying to find something, looking for something. And, you know, in my heart, I was in the car praying, they're looking for you, Jesus. They're looking for you. And as they're looking for you, they're finding this in my state this in the Bible Belt, this conservative, and it made my skin crawl. So needless to say, they absolutely hate the Georgia Guidestones for no real reason. They've just demonized them. They bought into Alex Jones's whole bit about how evil they are and they're satanic and this and that. It's just crazy, man. So now that they've been destroyed, here's the real question. How are these people responding to it? Because when the George Floyd protests were happening, these people went on and on about how people were rioting and making a mess of communities and attacking people and blah, blah, blah. Black Lives Matter is violent, all this other stuff. So now that we have a clear example, I mean, we have a billion clear examples of Trump supporters getting violent, the most notable of which would probably be January 6th. But here's a pretty notable example. Another one, Trump supporters taking terrorist action. What's their response to it now? How are they squaring that circle? What perspective are they looking at this from? What lens are they looking at it from? That's the question, right? This one came out July 12th, 2022. This is after the Guidestones were destroyed. This is Stu Peter's response to it. Listen to this. I'm sure a lot of you are now aware the other day that Georgia Guidestones were destroyed in some kind of a blast. Some kind of a blast, okay? That, that's relevant in a second. Keep listening. One of the tablets with the commandments on them smashed to pieces, and the rest of the guidestones were deemed a safety hazard and demolished by the state with a backhoe. He believes that these are the Luciferian cabal's commandments. He thinks that this is a Ten Commandments statue to Satan. In reality, it was just like a guidestone to help people rebuild society, and the advice it had wasn't even that good, in all honesty. I feel like calling it Ten Commandments to Satan is a little far, but okay, let's keep going. Well, now police and the media are claiming that the guidestones were destroyed in a bombing. That's pretty clear from the evidence. We thought that from the very beginning. What else could it be, I hear you asking? There's video of the guidestones being destroyed and the most likely explanation isn't a bomb but instead a lightning strike a lightning strike that is right he believes it was a lightning strike does he really believe it though i'm not sure i don't know it's hard to tell with this guy what does he have to gain by lying about this ridiculous belief what does he have to gain by lying about believing in the flat earth it seems like he's got nothing to gain to me what a ridiculous supposition. If that isn't ridiculous enough for you, though, I'll prove to you that it was a bomb in a second. Just bear with me. There's a streetlight immediately next to the guidestones, and at the exact moment that they are destroyed, the light brightens immensely, just like you'd expect if there was an electrical surge. 
So the most likely case isn't a bombing, which so far authorities have released no evidence of, but instead the most likely explanation is lightning, which would also make perfect sense because it's entirely appropriate for God to personally destroy the Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> the guy seriously believes that God struck the Guidestones with lightning because he's so upset that they exist. That is wild. Wait, wait, they're granite, aren't they? Is granite conductive material? I mean, I know lightning will travel through basically anything if it if it's a shorter path to the ground or practically anything, but I feel like granite is not very conductive. Anyways, I just want to point out that there is no rain, there isn't a cloud in the sky, no evidence of lightning or, or adverse weather of any sort, and if that isn't enough for you to prove it, the Georgia... Bureau of Investigations, the Georgia version of the FBI, released footage the same day of somebody walking up to the Guidestones and planting something there, running away, and then the explosion. Watch. See the little guy running up? You see him there? And then he runs away? And then shortly after, boom. How about that? How about that? Seems to me, what was that that Stu Peters said again? Let me just step back, listen one more time. What was that again, Stu? So the most likely case isn't a bombing, which so far authorities have released no evidence of. Actually, they did. Actually, they did. This video came out on the 12th of July. The Georgia Bureau of Investigations released the clip of that guy running up to the Guidestones six days before he filmed this. So yes, there was evidence for it at the time, Stu. My God. And there was absolutely zero, zero evidence of a lightning strike on them. None. As far as this little, this weird little effect with the light that he's talking about, let's watch the original clip because I honestly do not trust a single thing that Stu Peters releases. Let's watch it. I have it here. Watch this. This is the actual original footage that I got from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So let's just give it a watch frame by frame if we have to. Okay, looks like there is some kind of a, a bright flash or something from the light, but if you notice, the light is still on afterwards, so it wasn't a massive surge of power that shot through it. It would have made the bulb explode. Hi, safe. The light flash was caused by overpressure. Whoever blew up the stones had had powerful explosives, not dynamite, but like Torpex. Interesting. I would love to talk to somebody at length about how all of this worked and why there was a flash and all that other stuff. But yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. There is absolutely no evidence that it's lightning. And there are, in fact, other explanations for this street light lighting up or what appears to be a street light. I mean, look, we can clearly see here it's blowing out from the side. You can clearly see the guidestone blowing up from the side and then the top of it falling and crumbling. You can see exactly where they planted it. And this is from the other side. It's falling. See? That was not a lightning strike. Anyway, yeah, Stu Peters is just ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous on so many levels. I can't even with this guy. But there's more. As it turns out, Lauren Witzke who works for Stu Peters. She's a white supremacist, and she was also a Delaware 
candidate for Congress in 2020, I think, who lost against the Democrat opponent. She had some things to say about it, too. Mid-July 2022. Listen to this. This is on her show. Georgia Guidestones was an example of that. And uh, thank God they're gone. As I think it was lightning. Could have been. Like, I thing. think it was lightning. I don't believe sport, the videos they put out. There's no timestamp on them. It sure. was like... Yes, there was. There was a timestamp on What are you talking about? Super Lura. It was sketchy. I think they're doing a mass cover-up to hide that God said, uh-uh, and shot a laser or a lightning bolt down. That is bolt, that yeah. is my story, and I'm sticking to it. A laser, huh? Fascinating. Well, you know, if you believe that, you're going to have to give us some evidence for it, and you're going to have to explain the little man running across to the Guidestones, planting a device, dropping something. If you look really closely... In the top right corner, you can see them placing something right there. You can see them placing it down and then running away. And then just a minute later, boom. We also have footage of a vehicle fleeing the scene shortly after. When their side does vandalism, like when vandalism is taking place as the direct result, not just vandalism, but a terrorist situation, like a terrorist attack, like we saw with the Guidestones, when that kind of thing happens, on their side, they come up with every explanation in the book to push blame off onto somebody else, up to and including God did it. I think it was like, I don't believe the videos they put out. There's no timestamp on them. It was like super lure. It was sketchy. I think they're doing a mass cover up to hide that God said, "Uh uh-uh, and shot a laser or a lightning bolt down. That is is my story and I'm sticking to it. I believe it. You're going to have to give us some evidence if you want anyone else to believe that. Well, that's not true, actually. She has a pretty big platform, and people will believe anything she says without evidence. So there's that. Here's the interesting thing, though. Our old buddy Candace Taylor, ex-gubernatorial candidate for Georgia, had some things to say about it, too. Early July 2022. Listen to this one. I believe vandalism is illegal. Okay, that's not a belief. That's something that you know or don't know. you know. You accept that fact or you don't. Yes, Vandalism is illegal, okay? And sometimes people like to call vandalism instead of actually giving God credit because they don't know how to explain what happens when God moves. So until I see a video that shows me anything but what looked like lightning or the hand of God moving on a situation, I'm going to believe that it was God. If it was vandalism then there's cameras everywhere, all over the place. Who's going to tell her? Is somebody going to tell her? Or are we just going to let her keep living in her fantasy land? They would have picked that up, and those people should be brought to justice. (laughs) I superimposed the video of the guy running up to it while she was talking. Do not put words in my mouth. I am keeping record, video footage, screenshots, and every single thing that's being said that's a lie, I'm keeping it. I believe in law and order in this country. Great. Keep it. I'm, I'm happy for you. That sounds fantastic. Go ahead. I'm totally A-OK with you keeping screenshots of Twitter conversations where people disagree with you. She is indirectly responsible for this. She made her entire campaign about destroying the Satanic Ten Commandments, known as the Georgia Guidestones. And lo and behold, when she loses, somebody decides to go and blow them up. How about that? How about that? What are the chances? This is called stochastic terrorism right here. This is 
a perfect example of it. Candace Taylor contributed to the environment that led to this. Bill O'Reilly demonized a doctor named Dr. Tiller for years. He performed abortions on people, and he demonized him to the point where somebody finally took it into their own hands to do something about it, and now Dr. Tiller is gone. I believe they showed up at his church and attacked him, and he's gone now. Because Bill O'Reilly demonized him. That is stochastic terrorism. That's what that is. And this is another example of it. Now, in this case, I love how they're calling this vandalism. Blowing up a structure is vandalism. I don't think that's quite the right word here. Like the, the events on January 6th, they call that vandalism. No, not quite. No, I think vandalism is a little bit different. Vandalism is spray painting something on the side of a building. Vandalism is knocking over a trash can. This is full-blown terrorism where you're blowing up a structure with a bomb. This is not vandalism, Candace. Here's another clip of her talking about it, though, weirdly. July 13th, listen to this one. Struck by lightning. There's been meteorologists that have looked at the video. They see the, the charge of the lights behind it. Which meteorologists? Who? Give me names. Give me evidence. Something. I'll take anything. I don't know of any meteorologists. How? What would a meteorologist even look at? There wasn't a cloud in the sky. There wasn't a single raindrop on the cameras or anywhere around. The ground wasn't wet. There was nothing. I get that there's dry lightning, but usually, commonly, lightning comes with rain, right? There wasn't any evidence of any sort that a lightning strike would come down. You know their answer to that one? God doesn't need rain clouds to make lightning. That's their answer to it. God can just point at something and strike it with lightning. We need evidence. She's claiming to have evidence here. Meteorologists, blah, blah, blah. Give me the names. Would you be surprised to find that she doesn't, in fact, give us the names in this video? You know, getting bigger, and then they see the purple-blue haze, the heliotrope after that happens in a lightning strike. Right. And so it went from that to an explosion. Well, was it an explosion from lightning? I don't know, but that is what it looks like to me. That You're claiming that there are meteorologists who have testified to this. Of course, not giving us the names of the meteorologists. If that were true, you wouldn't be saying, I don't know. You would be saying, I know for a fact it was lightning because these people, these scientific experts have testified to this fact. Or are you just making it up? It looks like to me, that is what it look like. looks like to specialists who know lightning strikes. Right. But yet I was painted that I would have, I never said anything about blowing up the guidestones. I said via bulldozer. No, she didn't. She didn't say via bulldozer. She harped on how evil the guidestones are and how they should be destroyed for months. Made campaign ads about it. She didn't include the word via bulldozer in those campaign ads. After I put pressure on the county to get rid of these things that nobody knows who owns them, they're in the middle of a field and they have a population control of 500 million. They want to exterminate eight and a half million people, a billion people, and they think that's okay? Oh, wait. Okay. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Let's just do the math here real quick. Um, the Guidestones do say we should cap society at 500 million in the event that there's a nuclear holocaust and we're trying to rebuild society. So if you're trying to rebuild, it says try to keep society under 500 million. And actually, that's a good number. 
Do you know how many people the earth can actually sustain? Two billion is the maximum. If we have over two billion, we're using resources faster than we can create them. So 500 million is good. That's actually a decent number to stop at. And if we were trying to rebuild society from zero, yeah, I mean, I would say that that'd be great. Let's try to maintain it at that number if possible. Try to discourage having kids, give credits to people who don't have children, things like that. No, she's saying right now people want to take out the excess. Everybody over 500 million. But let's just do the math on her calculation there. Hey, listen one more time to what she said there. Exterminate. No, but okay. Eight and a half million people, a billion people. Wait, okay. So we start at 500 million and then we go to eight and a half million. I'm not sure where we got that number. And where did a billion come into all of this? Candace, we're about to pass the 8 billion person mark pretty soon in the next, I don't know, couple years. I don't know how long. Anyway, 8 billion minus 500 million is 7.5 billion. I'm not sure where she got 8.5 million or a billion from, but her math doesn't seem to be adding up, which, funny enough, is exactly what I expected from Candace Taylor, to be perfectly honest with you. Eight and a half million people, a billion people, and they think that's okay. They're satanic, they're evil, and no, they have no place in Georgia. They have no place mm. in America. So, but did I say anything about blowing them up? No, I did not. And so the media has painted this awful picture. They've excited people in a negative way. So whether it was one of a stalker I've had for a while. Yeah, she didn't specifically tell anybody to go out there and take a bomb and blow it up. If she had, she would be in jail because that's inciting violence. That's why people like Candace Taylor, like Bill O'Reilly, and Glenn Beck, many others, use what we call stochastic terrorism. It's a form of terrorism that people use where they don't want to get in trouble, so they demonize somebody or something every single night, come out there and say it over and over and over again until somebody does something about it. That's stochastic terrorism. Nobody has claimed that you specifically said go out there and blow them up. No one said that you said that. We were always talking about stochastic terrorism whether it was someone who hated me for a while because of my conservative ideas and believing in Jesus, guns, and babies. Yeah, it's always about persecution, isn't it? I don't know. But what I do know is that me and those Godstones coming down from lightning had nothing to do with each other. So this is the route that these people are taking. They are doing everything they can to distance themselves from it and to claim that God was the one that actually took them down. This is very clearly Stu Peters and Candace Taylor's fault. This is the, the direct result of stochastic terrorism. But in an attempt to avoid blame for this situation, they're blaming it on lightning. God, I'm sorry. They're blaming it on God. It's all God's fault. Blame God for all of this. And in addition to all that, downplaying the seriousness of it by saying it was vandalism rather than what it actually was, which is terrorism. Absolutely bizarre, man. Does this woman really believe it was a lightning strike? Or is she just trying to deflect blame? I think she actually believes it, in my opinion. I do. I think she actually believes that it was lightning. This is a perfect 
out an, a perfect escape route for her so that she can deflect blame. So it works out perfectly, but I really do think that she believes this. I think she believes that God struck these things down because they were part of the satanic cabal or whatever else. I really think that she is just out of her head on Jesus. Let me know if you disagree with me in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Next, we're going to talk about a Republican candidate for office, Jerome Davison, releasing an ad about the KKK. You just have to hear it. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Jerome Davison is yet another ex-football player running for Congress. I don't know what it is with football players and this obsession with being in politics, but it's got to stop. He released a recent campaign ad that was deeply disturbing to a lot of people. So I want to play it and talk about what's wrong with it, but not just the ad. I also want to talk about some of the more disturbing stuff that this guy has had to say recently. The ad is nowhere near the only disturbing thing that this guy has said. So let's watch the ad, just give you a little context to this. Came out mid-June 2021. Check this out. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. That is Jerome Davison's ad. Inherent in the ad is the supposition that Democrats are KKK members. That's an interesting claim, but let me tell you why that's incorrect for anybody who's unaware. Let me just show you the election map from Kennedy v. Nixon. This is from 1960, okay? If you notice, all of the southern states, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, or I'm sorry, Arkansas, all of the southern states, they're all blue. They're all voting Democrat in the 1960 election, right? The reason for that is because back then, the Democrats were the conservative party in large part. The Republicans were the liberal party. That's also the reason why Abraham Lincoln was the one that freed the slaves. Though he was a Republican, he was a liberal president. He was more liberal than his Democrat opponents. Now take a look at the 1964 election. This was after Kennedy had been assassinated. Lyndon B. Johnson came in. He was obviously a particularly liberal Democrat, an unusually liberal Democrat. At this point, he had pushed through the Civil Rights Act, basically ending segregation and things like that. The South was so upset with him, the, the Democrats were so upset with the guy that he was ending segregation that they switched parties. 1964, they voted against Lyndon B. Johnson. And you can see that playing out here. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina all voted against Lyndon B. Johnson, the Democrat. 
despite the fact that Democrats were known to be the more conservative party at the time because they were upset over his decision to end segregation. 1972, it was Nixon versus McGovern, and there was just complete confusion. Nixon used a strategy called the Southern Strategy to attract Southern racists to attract old Democrats were, that were unhappy with the fact that the Democratic candidates had been pushing through more liberal policies. He attracted them, and he also ran as a Republican, which was traditionally the more liberal party at the time. And as a result, he cleared the map. Every state except for Massachusetts voted for Nixon, the Republican, because he had been dog-whistling to the conservative racists in the South intentionally trying to attract their attention. That's when the party switch happened. That's when the Democrats, who used to be the KKK members, started voting Republican. And the more liberal people who were voting Republican switched to the Democratic Party. If that's not enough to prove it to you, let me show you this. This is an article on Washington Post. It was published November 2nd, 2016. Title is, KKK's official newspaper supports Donald Trump for president. The KKK has been supporting the Republican nominees for decades at this point. After the parties flipped, the KKK flipped with them. Among the small number of American newspapers that have embraced Donald Trump's campaign, there is one in particular that stands out. It's called The Crusader, and it's one of the most prominent newspapers of the Ku Klux Klan. Under the banner, Make America Great Again, the entire front page of the paper's current issue is devoted to a lengthy defense of Trump's message, an embrace some have labeled as a de facto endorsement. Make America Great Again. It's a slogan that's been repeatedly used by Donald Trump in his campaign for the presidency. Pastor Thomas Robb wrote in The Crusader. Of course, Crusader being the KKK's magazine. You can see it on the shirts, buttons, posters, and ball caps, such as the one being worn here by Trump speaking at a recent rally. But can it happen? Can America really be great again? This is what we'll soon find out. While Trump wants to make America great again, we have to ask ourselves what made America great in the first place, the article continues. The short answer to that is simple. America was great not because of what our forefathers did, but because of who our forefathers were. White, presumably, is what he means by that. Anyway, the point is the KKK endorsed Donald Trump. The KKK has been endorsing Republican candidates for who knows how long, forever, since the party switch. Or how about this article from the Washington Post? Black church torched in Mississippi with vote Trump painted on the wall. Weird that the Republicans would be attacking black churches, right? Strange. Republican candidates and Republican congressmen and politicians in general absolutely love to confuse people by pointing out that Lincoln freed the slaves and make them think that they are the liberal party when in fact they're not. Republicans at this point are the conservative party and have been for a long, long time. That's exactly what this ad was doing, intentionally trying to confuse voters into thinking that he's the liberal candidate, trying to trick people into voting for him, believing that he's going to improve the lives of black Americans when in fact the policies that he has would be detrimental to minority groups, especially black Americans. He released a video recently, mid-June 2021, where he actually explains why he made that ad and where his headspace was at the time, and it's pretty crazy. So give this a listen. Again, mid-June 2021. So what was your inspiration behind putting this ad together and releasing it today? 
to confuse people who are not very politically involved. That's what. Well, the inspiration was me growing up in the South. I grew up in Mississippi, and there were times when the uh, the KKK would want to come through. And everybody in, the, in my Black community, in my community, would just be so afraid. It would be the scariest time. That doesn't surprise me. Um, that would definitely happen, especially, I think he said he's in Mississippi. I could be wrong on that. Certainly in Mississippi, there's a big KKK presence in Mississippi. Absolutely. West Virginia, too. And I have a story about that in a minute. But it gets worse, what he says. Keep listening to this. For a lot of people, people would just be so afraid. But I wasn't afraid because my father had guns in the house. My father was, mm. was a gun owner. We had shotguns and pistols and rifles. Okay, that doesn't explain to me why you claim that Democrats are KKK members when this guy knows, being as politically involved as he is, he knows that the parties switched in the 60s. He can't possibly not know that. And aside from that, I would still have fear. The idea of having to use a gun should inspire fear in you. You shouldn't want to be in that type of position. Now, I get what he's saying here. It's like an inspirational thing, but guns are not the answer to problems. Guns are the problem in many cases. If you get in a situation where you have to use a gun against somebody, your life is likely over anyways. Even if you come out of the confrontation alive, you're going to be going through endless trials, deliberating and deciding on whether or not what you did was morally or legally right. You don't want to be in that type of situation. Instead of having guns around, you probably should have gathered into a community and been in one place to protect each other. You shouldn't aspire to have guns around as a means of defense. You should never use a gun in self-defense, ever. Guns are not a self-defense tool. You know what it is? The police are a self-defense tool. We live in a civilized society. We shouldn't be resorting to guns, something as barbaric as guns, to solve our problems. It is absolutely bizarre to me that anyone is in this headspace at all. 22s, you name it. And I, I didn't have any fear because we had that protection. You should have. You should have. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I discovered that the KKK was an operation or an extension of the Democrat Party. No, it's not. It was back 100 years ago. It switched parties. They endorse Republicans now. They endorse Donald Trump. Just like, this guy knows this, right? He knows this. He can't possibly not know this. And I was like, wow, I was blown away because the Democrat Party was supposed to be the friends of the black people. It was supposed to be... You were supposed to be the helpers of blacks, but they were the ones who have perpetuated this evil on black people at the same time they say that they're ready to help. So um, I said that I, when I got ready to run that I was going to wedge war against the Democrats and their lies and their hate for the, for the, for the black people, and uh, the war has begun. He is honestly trying to confuse voters. That's the whole goal behind this, I'm convinced. Like, What else could he possibly be, be trying to do? by lying like this. He knows he's lying. This is just a flat-out, blatant, bold-faced lie. Anyway, interesting little factoid about me. I lived in West Virginia for many years, and the KKK actually came through my town, and they threw these bags with rice in them and the, and the pamphlets inside, and they threw them at everyone's doorstep. It landed on my doorstep, and I went outside, found it sitting out there, and gave it a read. 
I took a picture of this. This is really old. This is before my YouTube channel, maybe six, seven years old. I don't know. Anyway, the pamphlet says original Knight Riders, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, National Office, Eisenhower Drive, Beckley, West Virginia. Wow. Join us today for God, race, and nation. I know you're wondering why they put rice in it. It weighs the bag so you can throw it from a car and you don't have to get out. So they drive down each street, every single block, throwing the bags at doors all the way down, basically. Here's the back of the pamphlet. Islamization of America. Now, listen to this and you tell me which party this sounds like. Who is the KKK attacking in this pamphlet? Are they attacking Democrats? Or Republicans. In 1996, Bill Clinton became the first U.S. president to hold a Rid Il Far dinner at the White House to celebrate the end of Ramadan, the Muslim month long dawn to dusk fast. Rid Al Far includes six takars or takirs. I'm sorry, I don't know Arabic. I don't speak it and I don't understand it and I don't know what these words are. Forgive me to the Arabic speakers. Maybe you can put a description of how it's supposed to be pronounced in the comment section for me. It includes six takirs, I think, the raising of hands and shouting Allahu Akbar to declare that Allah, the moon god, is the greatest. Sounds like they're attacking Democrats in that little paragraph, right? Why would they attack Democrats if they were Democrats? That's weird. Very, very weird. In 2014, Rocky Mountain High School in Fort Collins, Colorado, became the first high school to recite the Pledge of Allegiance in Arabic, replacing one nation under God with one nation under Allah. I actually looked this one up forever ago. That's not true at all. It's a complete fabrication. A school club had decided to, for a diversity day type of thing, say the Pledge of Allegiance in a bunch of different languages. They said it in French and English, uh, all at the same time. Spanish, Arabic, Mandarin, Japanese, bunch of different languages. And the word in Arabic for God is Allah. So naturally, when they got to the under God part, they pronounced it under Allah because that's the word you would use in Arabic. So what they're doing here is twisting this information around and fabricating what isn't there to make it fit what they wanted it to fit. That's the KKK for you, though. Did anybody expect any differently from this group, honestly? Department of Homeland Security, whose senior fellow Mohammed Elaberry recently declared that USA is an Islamic country. What kind of a delusion do these people live in? Honestly, to think that this is an Islamic country, even in 2000 and I don't know, 15 or 16, when I first got this, it wasn't anywhere near an Islamic country, like not even close. Islam isn't in America to be equal to any other faith, but to become dominant. <laughs> Talk about the pot calling the kettle black over here. The Quran should be the highest authority in America and Islam, the only accepted religion on earth. Supposedly a quote from Omar Ahmed, chairman of the Board of Care, Council on America-Islamic Relations. Uh, deeply doubt that one's true, just like the under One Nation Under Allah bit that they put in there. I'm going to bet. I, I would put money on the fact that they are either fabricating or completely twisting out of proportion in that case. Rejecting Islam is not racism. It is patriotism. Allah is not God. So that's my little run-in with the KKK. They came through my town. 
my town of Milton, West Virginia, was known as a sundown town, not a welcoming place for black people, to say the least, and it absolutely disgusted me. These are the people who, if you remember a couple years ago, literally chased me out of town, tried to burn my house down, threatened me, threw rocks at my house, said they were going to kidnap my kid and brainwasher to be a, a Christian and reported me to all kinds of CPS and everything everywhere, all because I reported a teacher for trying to convince the students that it was wrong to be trans or atheist. That This is the town that did that, the one that also produced this document here. Do these people ever think Muslims come to America to escape Sharia law? No. They think they come to America to take it over. Seriously. They really do. This is my first exposure to the great replacement theory, uh, conspiracy theory. I saw this YouTube video a while back, and in the YouTube video, it was this guy doing this math, saying that if people start reproducing now, like they were instructed to by the Iranian government or whatever, by 2022 or something like that, we will be 50% Muslim in the United States because Iran instructed every Muslim person everywhere in the world to start having babies, and if they re reproduce at this rate and blah, 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 it was all nonsense. All of it, obviously. This video came out like 12 years ago or something when YouTube was young. It was all BS from the start. But, you know... Anything to fearmonger, anything to scare people, they'll say it, whatever it takes. Listen to what this candidate, Jerome Davison, has to say next and tell me it doesn't sound just like this pamphlet. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who's going to come back on this earth for a thousand years and reign on this earth a thousand years, is a political figure and the government shall be on his shoulder, according to Isaiah 9. But, um, but the Antichrist is also a political figure. And he's also making his move in this last day. I see him, I see it being birthed and manifested through the Democrat Party. I see a spiritual battle brewing in this country. Oh, yeah. And, and evil has manifested itself through the, the, the Democrat Party. I see them as a criminal cartel. I see them as uh, traffickers, traffickers, <sighs> uh, supporters of all types of evil. They are drug dealers, weapon dealers, and they need to be stopped. Tell me that doesn't sound exactly like what the pamphlet was saying. He framed things up exactly the same way as the KKK does against Islam in this very specific case, but against all kinds of other minority groups. The Democrats are evil. The Democrats are trying to birth the Antichrist to bring about Armageddon or something. He framed it up the exact same way. This is so deeply sad that this person is carrying water for the KKK and effectively rehabilitating their reputation to some degree by telling people that it's actually Democrats that are KKK members like that. It is absolutely deeply disgusting what he's doing. Deeply, deeply disgusting. He actually went on Alex Jones's show to deliver some hard-hitting truths, too. Mid-June 2021, listen to this. When I get in here, I'm going to wedge war against these evil, evil people. 
people don't understand. And this is what Democrats, of course, are these evil, evil people. America needs to wake up and understand right now. You need to wake up right now because your sissified churches and pastors are not going to come to the rescue. They are not involved in this spiritual battle. You need to understand that evil is evil. And America does not understand how evil is because they think that this is some kind of movie. This is a real evil takeover, and they're coming to take your children from you. They're coming to take your wealth, your life, and everything from you right now. They're going to take your free speech, and then they're going to take your life away, and it's going to be over here in this country. Whoa, we only have a I can't imagine. We need you in Congress bad, Jerome Davidson. So deeply wrong, so deeply disgusting to see somebody taking the exact same positions as a universally hated organization like the KKK because of the hate that the KKK puts into the world. And he is carrying water for this group. So here's my question for you. Does this guy really not know the history of the Democratic Party? Does he really not know that the KKK is actually a Republican group at this point? I mean, it, if somebody sat him down in front of us and explained this to him and showed him the maps that I showed you guys earlier, would it click? Would he accept it? Would he recognize it? Or does he already know all of this stuff and has set his sights on covering it up? I don't know. Let me know what you think about it in the comments or hit me up on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening